Well, hello, Rock Church. How's everybody doing? You guys good? Hopefully, you guys are a little bit better than the Grinch there. That's what I'm hoping, all right? And, and hope that you have a Christmas season a little bit better than the Grinch. But we're going to spend the next four or five weeks kind of diving into the story of the Grinch, and we're going to kind of see how, how what he found maybe is something that, that we can find, or maybe even just one better than that, all right? Now, before I dive into that, before I talk about the sermon, I just want to not just welcome those of you here, but I want to welcome some of you who maybe it's your first time, that you might um, be, be a first time here at The Rock, you've never maybe been here or been with us, and if, if that's the case, thank you for coming and celebrating and worshiping with us. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, just excited that you are here as well. I do want to say this. If you're new with us, make sure that you stop by uh, the Connect Corner, just those tables out in the lobby. We would love to get to know you and get connected with you a little bit that way. All right. Now, who is ready for Christmas season to be upon us, right? Like, like, I think that, that a lot of us are, some of you are like, bah humbug, all right? Well, for those of you bah humbugging, I'm going to get with you throughout the day. But, but for those of you who are ready, I, I know that it comes from this idea of you're looking for that feeling of Christmas. Because there's something special about Christmas. There's just something that emotionally we connect with when it comes to the Christmas season. And, and I think all of us are, are kind of looking for that. I, I might be able to ask it this Christmas that, that what is it that you're actually looking for? Like, what are you hoping to find? And, and, and I want us to deal with that. Well, like for some of us, maybe, maybe you're hoping to find a Christmas bonus this year, right? Like some of you be like, I'm all game for that. Now some of you are hoping for a relationship this Christmas. That some of you are hoping to find yourself underneath the mistletoe with a certain individual. Did I hear an amen on that? <laughs> I think I did. Let's go. Yes. All right, and um, so, so some of you are looking for that. Some of you are looking um, just for maybe a little bit of peace and quiet. Some of you are looking for that perfect gift for somebody. Some of you are looking to receive that perfect gift. Like, like I think that many of us, we're going into this Christmas season, and we just have some hope of finding something. And they're like, I kind of think a little bit that maybe it's kind of like a snow globe. Who all has snow globes at home, right? The rest of you? Like AJ, Alex, y'all need a snow globe. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that, that, that there's something about a snow globe in there that you catch yourself like staring at it. Like maybe you've got one at home. It's got a little music box on the bottom that you can twirl it and you, it'll sing to you. Maybe you got one of the ballerina. Maybe you got one with the nativity. My snow globe is Mount Crumpet. That, that it's just, it's the visual of, of, of the Christmas season that, that we are about. And, and, and I like the snow globe for this reason. You get lost in it. It's like there's something almost magical about a snow globe. And you find yourself going, well, I just want to have that. I, I think about Mount Crumpet, and I think about the Grinch, and I think about Cindy Lou, and what is it that they were looking for? Like, if you've seen the Grinch, he was looking for revenge. 
He was looking to kill the Christmas spirit because of, of some things that had happened to him in his past. If you remember Cindy Lou, she was looking for some purpose. She was trying to find what's the meaning of Christmas. I think that we could go a little bit deeper than that. And I could say that what we're probably looking for, because it's what they were really looking for, was some peace, was some hope, was some joy, was some purpose. My guess is that as we go into this Christmas season, that, that many of us, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that feeling of peace. We're looking for that feeling of joy, that feeling of purpose, that, that feeling of love. And I want you to know, you're not going to find it in some magical snow globe, but what you can do is find it in the Messiah named Jesus Christ. And we're going to sit and we're going to look at his story over the next four or five weeks. And we're going to kind of find Christmas by looking at Jesus. And to do that today, I'm just going to kind of set it up, all right? That, that we're going to hit this a lot of weeks, but today I just want to kind of set it up. And I want to give you some very practical things that I believe if you'll do, if you'll incorporate into your life, it will help you find what you're really looking for this Christmas. And the first thing is this, is slow down. That if you want to find Christmas, it starts by slowing down. Yet, how many of y'all would say that Christmas is the busiest time of the year? Right? Like, like many of us, like between parties and shopping and family gatherings, that you find yourself going, man, it's the busiest time of the year, yet you're telling me to slow down. Yes. Because if we want to really find Christmas and navigate Christmas, then what we need to do is slow down so that we can experience Christmas. And I'll just tell you this, as for me, How do I say this? I think I might be getting old. I said that during the last hour, and my mom texts me because she watches from Indiana. She says, don't say that you're old because if you're old, what's that mean about me, right? But reality is I'm getting old. And um, I notice it for this reason, that when I was in my 20s and 30s, Christmas didn't happen until Thanksgiving happened, right? You know what I'm saying? But now that I'm the age that I am, on November 1st, Christmas comes out. Like, like I start setting up, right? Like, I get it early, and here's why. It's because I just don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss the family moments. I don't want to miss sitting around and sharing stories, one of the beautiful things that happened at Thanksgiving is I was sitting on the couch, but all of my kids were sitting up at the, at the table, and they were just sharing stories. And I just sat and listened and loved it. I don't want to miss Christmas. Well, for that to happen, I got to slow down. I got to put my phone up. I, I, I've got to clear some things off my calendar. I've got to say no to some things, even though they're good things. I got to say, no, I'm not going to go do that because what I'd rather do is spend some time with my kids right now. What I'd rather do is spend some time with some friends right now. That I'm not going to get caught in the hustle and the bustle because here's what happens. When we do, we miss 
seeing God. See, if we actually slow down, we can see Jesus. And I know that because, one, that's what we see in Scripture. If I go to the book of Luke, and uh, if you're not familiar with Scripture, the book of Luke, it's a, it's a book in the Bible. I like to call it a biography. Um, and what I mean by a biography is this guy named Luke, he wrote down a historical account of Jesus, that he basically wanted to write um, a, a, just an orderly account. So he wrote this down, and we have it saved today, and it's called the book of Luke. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It's on the screen. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. That, that it starts with just the fact that the shepherds had slowed down. That, that we're going to get more into their story. We're going to get a lot into their story today. But it starts by the fact that night had come and they sat down. That they'd put the sheep to the pen. They weren't doing the work anymore. They were sitting. Maybe they were sitting by a fire. Maybe they were just sitting on the rocks. Maybe, maybe they were starting to go to sleep. I don't, I don't know where they were, what they were doing in the moment, except I know that they had paused. And when we pause and slow down, that's when we can experience God. Uh, for those of you who've been coming for a while, you remember just several weeks ago, we did a series called The Unhurried Life. And we talked about we have to slow down so that we can experience Jesus. And we see this in the shepherd's life. I, I think we also see it in the angel who ended up coming to him. An angel came to him. We're going to read his story in a second. But even in the angel, I believe the angels in heaven had slowed down. Now, this is just my opinion, okay? We don't have, we don't have it recorded, but, but I can just imagine what it was like in heaven that night when God went to the angels, maybe to Gabriel, and said, hey, remember nine months ago we said that I was going to come to the earth? Well, tonight it's happening. Tonight's the night I need you to go say to these shepherds that today the Savior has been born, that, that I want you to know what's going on, and I need you to declare this. And I imagine all the angels in heaven going, what, wait, wait, time out. You're going to earth? Yeah, God with them. I'm going to live. And not just for, for a moment. It's not going to be one of those things where I just show up on the scene like I've done several times in the Old Testament and then I'm out. No, I'm going and I'm taking up residency in the form of a baby and I'm going to live there. And God became one of us. And I can only imagine, again, this is just my opinion, but I can only imagine the slowness of heaven that night that the angels were sitting there going, wow, God with people. I imagine the angel coming down and showing up to the, sh to the shepherds who were in the fields who had slowed down. And because they had slowed down, they were able to see more. And see, that, that's, that's what I really want us to make sure that we understand, that when we slow down, that's when we can see more. That's the reason I say that I believe that, that night the angels had slowed down in heaven and they got to see all that God was up to, that the shepherds had slowed down. And because they had slowed down, they got to see more. Let's look at the story. Luke 2 verse 9 reads this way. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. Which makes sense. If an angel shows up, you're out in the field all by yourself, maybe you're up on the mountain, 
And, and you're not expecting God to show up. You're not expecting something crazy to happen. But because they had slowed down, now the angel hits them, and they're freaked out. But the angel says this. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you great joy to all people. Or I bring you good news. Notice that. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. Guys, these were little shepherds. And when I say little, what I mean by that is they were teenagers. They might have been young adults. A typical shepherd would not have been an older man, especially a shepherd pulling night duty. It would have been a teenager. It would have been a young adult. Shepherds were also what was considered the lower class of society back then. Yet God shows up to them in the form of an angel and says, I bring you some good news today that is going to bring great joy. That you're looking for joy, I'm going to give you some great joy, and it's for all people. It's not just for the kings, it's not just for the rich people, it's for all people. So the shepherds that day, these young shepherds, they got to hear, there's good news coming for me. And then it goes on, it reads like this. It says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That this angel came proclaiming these three titles, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. And I want us to camp out on those three words for a second. See, when the, when the shepherds heard this, Again, they probably would have been terrified at first, and the angel said, don't worry, I'm bringing you some good news of great joy for everybody, which means for you, that today, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. Now, the, the shepherds would have understood that language, because all of their life, they had been looking for the Savior. That, that, that their dads had probably told them the stories about the prophecies about one day a Messiah would come. That they'd went to synagogue or to the temple. They had sat and heard the teachings that a Savior is going to come. A Messiah is going to come. The Lord is going to come. And on this night, they're hearing it for the first time that he has shown up. The promised one they've been waiting for all of their life is now here. Well, what's he look like? Well, the angels tell him. Angel said this, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. I want you to picture this. That these shepherd boys, they go throughout Bethlehem, they're searching. All of a sudden, they find this barn or this cave, this place where the animals were kept. And they walk in and they see this baby lying in a manger. But as they were in the presence of this baby, they realized this isn't just a baby. This is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. What do those three words mean? Well, Savior means here's the one who can save us from our sins. Here's the one who can save us 
from the death grip that sin has on us. And, and I don't know about you. Well, actually, I think I do. Anybody here willing to admit that you're not perfect? <laughs> right, all of us. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And that sin that we commit, it separates us from God. And we cannot be rescued. We cannot be reunited with God by our own means. We have sinned in such a way that we've broke relationship with God. And we can try to do good things. We can try to make our life better. But on our own accord, we have no chance of reconciling ourselves back to God. But thanks to Jesus, he is the Savior, which means he saves us from our sins. That he is the one who reconciles us back to God. So these shepherds, they would have understood, here's Jesus, the Savior, who is going to bring us back in a right relationship with God. And that's good news. When they saw a baby, they saw a Savior, and they saw a Messiah. Now, I know this word Messiah is a little bit different for us. It's not a word we use a lot. What it means is promised one or anointed one or deliverer. That, that, that the promised one, anointed one, was given to us to deliver us. Well, what is the promised one meant to deliver us from? Sin. That it's not just that the Savior saves us from sin, means forgives our sins, but the Savior, our Savior, is also a deliverer who can deliver us from the effects of sin and a life of sin. And guys, I will tell you, that's good news for me. Because again, I'm a sinner, and I screw up, and I've messed up. But to realize that my Savior not just saves me and puts me back in a right relationship with God, but he also delivers me from the death grip of sin. And for that, I'm thankful. Anybody else? I'm thankful that I have a deliverer who saves me from the death grip of sin. Therefore, I have a king and I have a Lord. That these guys, when they saw this little baby in a manger, they got to see more than just a baby. They got to see a savior, a deliverer, and a king. A king who they said, I'm willing to bow down before. A king who I'm willing to surrender everything for. That that's who Jesus is. And that's what I want you to find this Christmas season. Is I don't want you just to hear a Christmas story. I want you to see a savior who can deliver you from your sins. And I want you to surrender to him as Lord. Not as some magical thing, but as a Messiah who can set you free. And, and we see that in the shepherds, but we also see it in a guy named Simeon. Later on in Luke 2, he came, and he came into the presence of Jesus, and he was like, my savior, my Lord. We see it in a lady named Anna who came into the presence of Jesus, and she's like, my savior, my deliverer, my Lord. We see it in some men later on in the temple who they didn't understand exactly who Jesus was, but they could tell there was something different about him because they were in his presence. So my challenge to you this year is let's put ourselves in the presence 
of Jesus. Put ourselves in the presence so that when we see him, we see more, not just a story of Christmas, but we see an actual savior, a deliverer, and our Lord. Come on Sunday mornings. Put yourself in the presence of Jesus. But, but don't just do Sunday mornings. I, I want to encourage you this way. Maybe when you're sitting at home tonight, slow down, sit around the Christmas tree, open up God's word to Luke chapter 2 and maybe read it. Probably many of us in this room have a tradition on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning where we read Luke 2. Why wait until then when you could sit in the presence of Jesus tonight? Maybe hop in a car with your, your family and, and slow down and put some Christmas music on and, and just go drive around and look at lights and remind yourself that the Savior, the Messiah, the light has come into this world. Maybe watch a, a TV show or, or go down to the beach and watch a show there and allow yourself to think more about the story of Christmas and not just a baby who was born in Bethlehem, but the Savior, the Messiah, who is our Lord. Put yourself in the presence of Jesus this Christmas so that you can find what really matters. So, so slow down so that you can see more. And then when you see more, sing loud. Just sing loud. Because there's something about singing loud, isn't there? Like, you Gamecock fans, you were singing loud yesterday <laughs> afternoon, right? Like, I know that. And there's just something that happens. There's something that happens when we just sing. And at the Christmas time, if we will just sing, we, we, well, maybe I'm not making a good enough statement. Maybe you're not catching what I'm selling right now. Oh, let me let one of my friends try to explain what I mean about just singing loud. His name's Buddy. Just... Let him talk to you Christmas for a second. Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world. Please stop talking to me. Uh-oh. Sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. No way. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Thanks, but I don't sing. Well, it's easy. It's just like talking. Except louder and longer, and you move your voice up and down. Well, if you sing alone, you can sing in front of other people. There's no difference. Actually, there's a big difference. No, th no there isn't. Wait. I'm singing... I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Hey! There's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, it's not. We sing all the time. No, it's not. Especially when we make toys. See? <laughs> I'm singing. So I, I think sometimes we just need to sing more. Because when we sing, everything changes. When we sing, what we do is it changes us and it changes those around us. That what would it look like if we went into this Christmas season and we said, you know what? I'm going to sing loud. Like we purposely turn the music up here at the rock so that you can sing loud so that no one hears what you're actually singing. All right? Because some of us sing off-key. 
Some of us are just like Buddy the Elf, and we can't hold a tune to save our life, but there's something about singing. So we sing loud. It's what the angels did. Look back at the story, Luke 2. It says, suddenly the angels were was joined by a vast host of other armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. Like, I don't think when the angels got there and there was this huge multitude, I don't think they said, glory to God in the highest. Right? Right? Well, like, you know they were belting it out from the bottom of of their, their pits that they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth. Y'all are looking for peace? Well, we've got peace. His name is Jesus Christ, and we simply need to find him. That the angels were singing, and I believe the shepherds were as well. Look at this. It says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. That the shepherds, they saw Jesus, and when they saw Jesus, they left, and they went, and they started telling everybody else. They're like, listen, i got to tell you about this baby that is born in a manger. It's not just a baby. He is the Savior, the Messiah, and the Lord. And they told everybody, and as they were going back to the mountain that day, as they were going back to the fields, I imagine that they were singing and dancing and shouting and celebrating as they were glorifying God. This Christmas season, what would it look like if we just sang? What would it look like if we just lifted the name of Jesus? If we just said, I'm going to sing loud. And some of you might be like, bah humbug. Nah, I'm not going to sing loud. I'm going to challenge you. Maybe do something you've never done. And just sing loud. Why? Well, one, it lifts the name of Jesus. See, the whole purpose of worship is to lift the name of Jesus, is to sing of his praises. It's what the angels did when they were saying, glory to God, we're going to lift up Jesus. It's what the shepherds did when they went out and told everybody they were like lifting up the name of Jesus. So when we worship, we lift up Jesus. But we also lift up ourselves. Like, that's not the purpose of worship. The purpose is to lift up Jesus. But there's something that happens when you surrender and you start to sing and you start to lift up Jesus that something changes in yourself. And I know for some of you, you're heading into Christmas and you're just like, but I don't feel like singing. It's been a tough year. Or maybe somebody I normally worship with and sing with at Christmas time isn't here this year. And I just don't want to sing. I'm going to challenge you. Speak the words in your mind. And speak the words with your lips. Because I believe if you'll think the words in your mind and speak the words with your lips, that your heart will follow. 
that if you'll allow yourself just to think those words and then to speak them, that your heart will follow. When you think, Jesus, you are worthy of it all, and you speak, Jesus, you are worthy of all, then all of a sudden your heart will follow, and you'll recognize that he is worthy. So I want us to sing loud because I want us to lift up Jesus, and I want us to lift up ourselves, but I also want to go a step further because when you lift up Jesus, you end up lifting up others as well because there's something that happens when the church gathers and sings. Like there's something that happens. When, when we get together and we lift up the name of Jesus and we lift him up loud, people take notice. Guys, I can't tell you how many times as somebody who kind of gets a front row seat to what's going on here at The Rock, that I see it from standing here and looking at your faces. I see how Jesus starts to transform and he starts to do things different. I hear it from people who walk in that they'll say, man, I walked in the room and I didn't expect anything different, but then all of a sudden everybody started singing and I just lost my junk and there's something happening in this place. I'm like, yeah, Jesus is showing up. And when we celebrate God and we lift up Jesus, people take notice. I I remember a time, I've told a couple of y'all about this before. It was years ago when I used to travel full time. I was putting on a conference for about 3,000 middle school students um, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Technically, we were in Covington, Kentucky, which is right across the river. And we were there, and, and uh, the, the event had started, and 3,000 middle school students gathered on a second floor of this huge convention center. And while these 3,000 kids were in this room, my buddy, his name's Johnny, uh, he started leading worship. And it was the first time he'd ever led worship for a crowd this big. And, and he's up there, and he's leading, and he starts into this song. It was an old song called Everlasting Love, like just a, just a song. But in the middle of this song... Everybody knew when the chorus hits that you hop three times to the right. Like like across the nation, people knew this. And then you would hop back three places to the left. And so sure enough, they started the song, the chorus hit, and 3,000 junior high students at the exact same time jumped. Do you know what happens when 3,000 middle school kids jump at the same time on the second floor of a ballroom? I do now. Here's what happens. The ceiling on the first floor falls in. Yeah, oh, no joke. Like it caved in. It it, it was like, you know, just the ceiling tiles all started to fall. The people on the first floor ran out of the building thinking an earthquake was happening. Like I wasn't even in the room. I was in the lobby and I felt the floor move. I said, this isn't good. And then all of a sudden, the lady in charge of the convention center, she ran upstairs. She said, what are y'all doing in there? I said, they're just worshiping. And then we walked through the doors. We opened the doors. We walked in. And sure enough, as soon as we walked in, it came time for that chorus to hit again. And we watched 3,000 kids do that. And we saw the screen shaking, the chandeliers moving the entire place. She looked at me. I'll never forget her words. She looked at me. She said, by the city of Covington, Kentucky, you are no longer allowed to do that song. And I was like, this is cool. 
an architect came in, literally about four in the morning, I had to meet him. And he said, now wait, time out, what were y'all doing? I said, 3,000 kids just jumped at the same time. He goes, man, we put this place through all kinds of tests. We never did that test. I said, well, I can reenact it if you want. (laughs) He was like, no. Why do I tell you this? Because everywhere I moved, everywhere I went that weekend, no matter where I went, everybody said, wait, wait, are you at that convention that about caused the building to cave in because of your worship? Yeah. It was people from the convention saying it. It was people who weren't from the convention but were just part of this city. Everywhere I went over the next couple days, people were like, I've heard about your worship. Guys, listen, that was 3,000 middle schoolers in Covington, Kentucky. What would it be like if people walked into the building here and said, I've heard about the worship at the rock. I've got to experience how the ground shakes there. I want to see how the building moves. I want to be a part of that. See, that can happen, and it has happened. It happens when we lift up the name of Jesus, other people take notice. And throughout Bethlehem, everybody that the shepherds talked to took notice because they heard the stories and experienced their worship. When we lift up the name of Jesus, he has said, people will be drawn unto me. So I want to challenge you as we go into this Christmas season. Slow down. See more. And sing loud. Because when we sing loud about our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, people find what matters. People find what matters. And they can find Christmas. Because Christmas matters. Think back to Mount Crumpet. Think back to when the Grinch was on top of Mount Crumpet and he was looking down and he was seeing Whoville and he had stolen everything from him and he's like, now let's see what happens. What did the people of Whoville do? They came out, they circled around and they, they sang. They started to sing. And as they started to sing, the Grinch's heart grew three times. When we sing, lives change because of what the Messiah does. Will you allow that to happen through you? Will you stand with me right now? We're going to go into a time where we're just going to sing. And for those of you who have found Christmas, you found what matters, then I'm going to challenge you, sing loud. Because Jesus is worthy of it all. Just sing, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. The shepherds, they saw a baby, and they said, he's not just a baby. He's a Savior. He's a Messiah. He's my Lord. And he is worthy of it all. So if you know that today, then sing loud. But maybe you don't know it yet. My challenge to you is do what the shepherds did and come and see. Just come and see. 
because I believe if you'll just come and see, you'll see a Savior who wants to save you from your sins. You'll see a Messiah who wants to deliver you from death. And you'll see the King who you need to surrender to as Lord. Experience Jesus today because he's worth it. And he is what matters. So sing this. Let's just sing loud and let's just come into the presence of Jesus. He's worthy. Oh